It's the next level. You need a plan. I want to be on the radio. He wants to be on radio. But to be on the radio, you have to have a voice. You have to have some verbal ability. You hardly ever say a word. I talk. This is ridiculous. I don't understand. You need to grow up. Is that Pat? No way. Oh man, I love that guy. We'll put no more tears on the label. But it does make you cry. I know. Now for the show that's truly too hot to handle. It's the Melting Pack, and it starts right now. You're listening to the Melting Pack. Here's your host, Pat Joplin. Oh, thank you, Jerome. Hey, friends, welcome to the show, the Melting Pack, the Next Level Network. We are, well, short on time today, which is good. It's good because I don't have anything to talk about other than <laughs> what the show is going to be, which is already done. That part's already done. So, yeah, I meant to do this the other day and add some stuff in, some little newsy bits, some bummers, what have you. But uh, then I didn't do the recording when I thought I was going to. And now I got to go up and uh, figure out dinner. So what that means for you is that I don't have to do a lot of talking today. Or I guess that's what it means for me, and what it means for you is you don't have to listen to much of this. All right, anyway, there you go. Uh, so there's a coin probably, I don't know. But the uh, the point is that today we are talking with, or we did, you're going to hear it, uh, Wormtooth making his return with Hallucinogenic Bulb. They released, uh, well, they're going to release an album. They're talking all about their project, which was so much fun. So we will get to that shortly. But first, let's do the captain first, and then the interview as the main event, and then I'll come back and wrap it up. So that's what's coming today, Wormtooth and Hallucinogenic Bulb. I can't believe I said that twice correctly. That's amazing, because when I, you'll hear it in the thing, I couldn't get it right the first time. So there you go, third time, fourth time, whatever is the charm. Anyway, uh, we're going to turn it over quickly to the captain, and he's going to tell us what's going on with the Fly Guys, and in case he's not there, spoiler, it's still not good. I tried to whisper it. It sounded weird. Maybe that'll be in there. I don't know which one. But in any case, good sir, the floor is yours. Take it away. Hey, Flyers fans. Mark back at you again with another Flyers. Ooh, yeah. Guys, I, I wish I could be the bearer of better news, but the Flyers are just just terrible right now. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it. They are just terrible. They came out of the gate this season so strong, and they just have seemed to forget their identity. They're not passing well. They are not scoring. Brian Elliott and Carter Hart have the combined worst save percentage in the NHL right now, and the Flyers are just tumbling down in the standings. But with all that said, I am still optimistic. I am Mr. Smiles over here because that's what Philly fans do. That's what we are all about. We're going to rally. We're going to make this happen. So let's do the recap. The Flyers lost last Saturday 6-1 to in New York against the Islanders. It was 
a pretty horrendous defeat. It was terrible. Then the Flyers followed it up with a 2-1 loss at home versus the Islanders on Monday. They ended up losing that in overtime. Then the Flyers followed it up with a loss to the Devils 4-3 on Tuesday and then followed it up with probably another terribly embarrassing defeat at the hands of the New York Rangers 8-3 at home on Thursday. The Flyers are going to get a chance at some revenge though. They're going to take on the Rangers today at 1 o'clock. They're at home and then they're taking on the Sabres. They're driving up to Buffalo. They're going to be taking on the Sabres Monday and Wednesday on their home ice. So the Flyers, as I said, are just terrible right now. Not a lot of good things to say, but hey, the season continues. There is an opportunity to turn it around. Let's hope Elaine Vigneault, Captain Claude Giroux and the other veterans in that locker room start to rally the troops. So guys, that's it for me here inside the Melting Pad on Next Level Radio. Thank you, Captain. The Melting Pad, the Next Level Network, just in case he wasn't there. There you go. Uh, It's bad for the Flyers right now. It's really bad. So who knows? What I do know is that baseball starts soon, April 1st. April 1st! Is it really... Yeah, there you go. That's a joke for three people who may not even listen to the show. So there you go. Um, Yeah, oh, that sounded weird. But anyway, that is what's going on. That is what's happening. Let's do this. uh, Let's do this now in case you, I don't know, skip out or something. The nextlevelnetwork.com, themeltingpat.com. Well, the the network is for all the stuff, all the shows. They're all up there. You know the drill by now. Facebook at the Next Level Podcast Network. There we go. I'm everywhere at the Melting Pat. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch and .com, and uh, also drop me a line, tmpfanmail, gmail.com, 209-867-7638. Leave your voicemails, send your texts with your questions, comments, concerns, observations, and of course, corrections, and there you go, all right? All that stuff is done and out of the way. If this isn't your thing, that's fine. I'll talk to you next week. We're ta- I believe we're talking to next week. You know what? Let me not say that. Uh, we may have another interview next week. And then the following week, Matt Shaw should be returning for WrestleMania 37. So that's what's on the docket. And of course, all this can change depending on if the kid debuts early. So we'll see. We'll hear what happens. I don't know. But in any case, that's all for this me. Now you'll hear a sound effect and then other me talking to Wormtooth and Hallucinogenic Bulb about their new thing. Well, Alvaro's on the show for like the fifth time. And yes. he's brought a different friend with him. Uh, Dave, thanks for coming, man. It's a pleasure. Hello, hello, hello. Nice. Well done. <laughs> Alvaro, how you doing? <laughs> this is, I think, the first time I've ever been on your uh, show with the same project. Is it? I could be wrong, but I think every time it's been with, like, it was like... Oh, you were under a different name, is yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. So yeah, this is the second Wormtooth appearance, and... Uh, Let's see. It's Wormtooth and the... That's a hard word to say. I can't say Hallucinogenic bulb. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know why I can't say that word. Just think hallucinogen and then hallucinogenic. That's that's a lot. That's a lot for me to process. Most people just say bulb or Dave uh, because it's... Hallucinogenic bulb is me. It's always been me uh, and it will always be me. But like I, I... work on a bunch of like splits and collaborative projects with people outside of like my own glitchy caveman noise nonsense. That's a very good way to describe the album that I listened to. 
because yeah, it's a lot of a uh, lot of noise. I don't mean that mm-hmm. in a bad way. I'm not dumping on it. I'm just no. You know, there's a lot of that, and it's uh, Alvaro told me it's about a it's a concept album about a haunted video game. Now, of course, my first question is: This a real thing that I that I can play sometime or no? Well, first off, the game doesn't exist. How dare you? The album doesn't <laughs> exist. How dare you, all of you? Um, <laughs> this interview none is, of is None of it is real. You can't find any of it on online, and there are no Easter eggs. So you made up a whole like universe and said, "Hey, check out all these Easter eggs. Check out this these dead forum links." But none of that is also real, right? Uh, right. None of apps. There is none of it that is real. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm a little hurt, you know, a little bummed out, uh-huh. but, uh, it, it is what it is. You know, I, I get, <laughs> I got worked. It's fine. It's fine. So, uh, where, where did this come from? Where did this, you had this idea to, we're going to make a fake world with a fake video game. And these two characters will talk about it and, and talk about how great it is, except it doesn't exist. What's, uh, what's the deal here? Well, uh, uh, <laughs> so like, Great start. Uh, for, for example, let's just let's. I'll, I'll just. Uh, put, we we can put quotes on all of this, right? Like, can I hypothetically say that some of it exists? I think that's up to you. And then, like, finding out what aspects of it are hidden and what aspects of it aren't. Uh, that I think that itself is to some extent the game, right? And then some of it isn't. There's a there's a lot. It's it's a it's confusing. You make you have to make the the haunting itself, right? Like if you if I, I read a lot of I used to read a lot of um, what are they called creepy pastas, and a lot of the horror and the weird stuff is in the things that do or don't get shown, or the things that are promised that then your mind has to make up. That's always been my uh, angle on a lot of horror. So it's. Uh a concept about a video game like the Blair Witch. Yeah. So that that's kind of what this is. What's yeah, what's yeah. seen is is scarier than what or what's not seen is scarier than what could be. Right. Like I mean hope hopefully. <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> we'll see uh if people think that we have succeeded or not. Uh but that is the goal. Right. With an album that doesn't exist. With the album that definitely doesn't exist. It definitely doesn't exist. Uh, we're definitely not releasing this in spring. Um, so yesterday was a big day for you guys, right? Correct. Correct. We had a release. Uh, we had the, the release of uh, Bald's other project collaboration, and we announced uh, Dave's Inferno, which is not an existing album that exists that we made. Uh, it, and when it drops, which it doesn't, but hypothetically, if it did, there is now a, a release date of uh, May. What, uh, what day exactly isn't it coming out? Uh, it is definitely <laughs> absolutely not coming out on May 14th. And Virtua 94 Records is not doing at all. No, In no way, shape, or form are they doing a run of uh, tapes for us. Right. Tapes. And like the first five people that order the tape this won't happen because there is no tape but if let's say we were making a tape the first five would get a gold cassette tape uh the way that uh 
Zelda, remember? Like the, the yeah. early copies of Zelda had the gold cartridge. Um, and the rest of them will get like a red cassette tape. They look really sick in my head, but they definitely don't exist. Right. So it's a real shame, everybody. If this was a real thing, you might be able to get a gold cassette, but right. unfortunately you can't because they're not real. And now again, uh, this isn't real and none of the game doesn't exist. Um, all of the haunting stuff, that's not true. Um, and uh, all, but, but if it were, let's say we sampled music from the game to make the album, right? And let's say we used like uh, art from the game to make the album art you know, this creepy haunted album that doesn't exist, or a game that doesn't exist, like, it would probably also make a creepy haunted album, right? Be pretty messed up. Yeah. If we, uh, if, we, if we did that. Which is why we're not doing that. We didn't do that. So you didn't do that because it would be too weird and too creepy, and people would get too, uh, I don't know, in over their heads about it. And, and right. lose parts of themselves. Is that right? Their skeletons would come jumping out of their bodies. There it is. Right. Yeah. And that's not what you want. To put it plainly, quite plainly, yes. Now, so, both <laughs> metaphorically and literally, their skeletons would jump out of their bodies. Yeah, and that feels like lawsuits for you guys. And that's not what you want. Also, is it still a body if it has no skeleton in it? Like, what are the... Because it feels like a skeleton is really important for the body. Then it's just a skin jacket. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, mm -hmm. if this album was coming out... Dave's this Inferno? Game was real. Dave's Inferno, yes. Ooh. If it was coming out, if the game was real, you'd have skeletons running around trying to find these Easter eggs. They lost their skin jackets. There are no Easter eggs, as far as I know, as far as we are concerned. None at all. No. Like the podcast that was sampled, that, uh, that used samples from the video game, like that doesn't exist. Now you're telling me there's no podcast. The, well, no, not this podcast. No, 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 I got that. Right. Yeah. Like on the... On, on the, the album. Right. The show on, that was like you correct. were doing an interview right. on the album from a show that does not exist correct for the game that does not exist correct on the album that also even though you'd have a really cool gold cassette if you're lucky does not exist right but if it did right if it did let's okay i'm gonna hypothetically go down this road <laughs> with you and like maybe we don't have to keep saying if right like let's just hypothetically like all of us okay like close your eyes now Imagine that we are exactly the same as us, except it, there is this game. And so we did make this album. So I want to know first about the game. Mm -hmm. So how did this, how did the game come up? I think it's like a, there was like a old game, I think in the, in like, I want to say the nineties, that was like a, like it came out a couple times in the arcade um, and then some designer, some video game designer tried to remake it. But from memory, because no one knows, like the game doesn't exist, like the original game, no one has. So that's kind of the idea of what I remember of the game anyway. Should we talk about like what we know about this game, I guess, should, should be the question? Yes. 
Thank you for doing my job for me. I appreciate that. Yes. So uh, this game that was trying to be recreated from memory was a 90s SNES style 2D action platformer that only a couple levels of this game actually got finished. You just walk through the first one. I believe in the second one, you get this neat weapon called the Forpo Blade, which you also see on what would be the album artwork if the album existed. Right. And then in the third level, the third level is unfinished, so you can't complete it normally. Yeah. It could be a glitch. Yeah. It could be a glitch, but then so- someone, someone who got their hands on the game uh, decided to enter the Konami code at that level, and then they warped to a level 99, which was way worse and way glitchier. And the thing is, like, you start in a well... It, uh, this is co- hypothetically you start in a well in level 99 and then like you don't have the items from the game so you can't get out of the well in level 99 so there's really no point to to, to going to that level but like i don't know it's like it, people think that maybe that's part of the game that the glitches are all part of the of what they're trying to do in the game that they would be sort of intentional rather than like stuff that was omitted Right, like, what is is the game itself the inferno? Right, like you you playing it become like keep trying to find ways to beat it, per se. But you can't because it doesn't work. Right. Well, yeah. If they didn't finish level three, there's no way level ninety nine is going to be finished. Well, the argument is that it did get finished, but because of glitches, when it ran, when it when they printed it, the glitches made it too difficult in the copies that they had to actually get past that level. I think it's like a, there's like a jump where like the other side of that you're jumping to glitches out or something like that. And then it's like only there for a millisecond. It's impossible to actually jump. Like, but again, this is conjecture. I haven't played the game because I only saw video. (laughs) All we got we have pieced together from theoretical videos, theoretical forum posts, theoretical podcasts on the subject, and theoretically us connecting the dots where where we can. Right. So did the album help you uh, almost finish the puzzle? How far? So from where you started with these theoretical videos and forum uh-huh. posts and podcasts and all that, have you gotten any further by completing this album or no? I'm... I'm not comfortable with that question. I think I've done my job then. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, no, what, what do you mean exactly? Well, so you have this project. You found all these theoretical videos. And I'm, uh-huh. I'm just guessing that when you started this, you didn't have the album. There was no podcast about it in this universe. And you just had these videos like, hey, we should dig a little deeper. Did that adventure help you find more out about the game or or are you left with more questions i don't know for me i guess it was never questioned i just the song just gets stuck in my head a lot like just the main theme dave and i call it dante's theme Um, like i just couldn't stop playing it in my head but i couldn't actually find a copy of it right because it doesn't exist so to be fair it is a banger yeah right for sure. Then sampling that, don't know if I recreated it or if I found like a version of it. And then uh, from there, 
the songs just kind of uh, started pouring out as a kind of like a, and it's not all songs, right? Like you said, some of it is noise. Dave is a noise artist. Uh, we originally set out to do a split EP. We were each going to do a couple like completely unrelated. And we started talking about, like, I guess both of us remember having played the game. All hypothetical. <laughs> um, we were going to try to do a very quick album, maybe one, one or two months. We had stuff already down and then um, just got caught up, right? Uh, trying to make the album as close to the, the idea of the games it possibly could be. COVID didn't help with, with that at all. During the first couple months where we like actually set out to do this, we were making pretty good progress, pretty good headway. And then the world itself. So we temporarily put the brakes on it and then kind of got settled in. And then over the course of the past, you know, 10 or so months, we've gone back, dug deeper and deeper into it. And we've, uh, we've come out with uh, what you have heard. Wow. That, I mean, that's, it's a lot to take in. You know, it's a lot to process. I got, you know, kind of blindsided with it not being a real thing, a little disappointed. But it's interesting how the journey kind of didn't really answer a lot of those. Like it didn't really open a lot of doors, as it were. Ooh, doors in the levels. How about that? How's that for a reference? Yeah. Hey. No, that's Maybe? good. Yeah. All right. Yes. Nailed it. Still got it. Uh, <laughs> so the song just kind of came out uh, after you had the, well, what you thought was the theme of the game. And then did you kind of plot a course after that? Or did you just start, you sat down and things just kind of flew onto the page as it were? You know, I think that the writing process was really fast. It's the editing, right? Like trying, it's the perfectionism. Uh, I feel like, honestly, you know, you say that it seems like we didn't answer any of the questions. And I think you're right. I think we basically experienced what the designer of the game must have experienced trying to finish this game that then for whatever reason it glitches out like it it just is imperfect right like just in its its nature is this imperfect thing so it, it almost is the the experience of that as opposed to getting anywhere in the actual game it was at least for hallucinogenic bulb it was kind of an unusual process because usually I'm a noise musician. I work very quickly on most things, and things usually do come flying off of my pedal board, so to speak. And then I can just take those recordings, and then we're all good to go. But with this project, this final product that definitely doesn't exist sounds very, very different from a lot of the things that like we originally found in that first couple months before COVID put the brakes on everything. Yeah, I was going somewhere with that, but I lost it. Well, I, I can actually kind of pick it up because I was uh, doing a little math here. I, I'm looking through uh, Dave's albums since I put out Breach, which is the last album. I did some remixes and I, I've done a thing here or there. But when Breach came out, uh, Ethereal Emptiness was the album that Bulb had just put out. And since then, there are 17 albums counting uh, ethereal emptiness that bulb has put out since i put out breach so while we've been working on this bulb has also been releasing other uh albums and I i'm working on a couple other projects as well um uh, that kind of all 
went through their phases at the same time. So they all kind of wrapped up at uh, roughly the same time. But uh, yeah, Dave is very um, prolific. Dave is incredibly prolific. I will add that a lot of those releases are smaller projects that often use older recordings. Like the first couple of years that I was doing Hallucinogenic Bulb, I would record every single live set I play ever because they would all be different. And then I'd eventually release those mostly on splits with, uh, with pals of mine. And a lot of those projects are usually like, you know, one or two songs, five or 10 minutes, and then their size are roughly the same. So they're not all full-size projects, but some of them are. Still 17. That's a, that's a lot. It took me too many years to do just one. I mean, what the hell, man? (laughs) <laughs> but good for you though for <laughs> so but the but the process for this uh, we like i said we started as a split we were going to do something very similar because i was excited to work faster which this is a lot faster than the last worm tooth album to be sure um i think that one took me like three years so this one uh was about a year but it was oh hey do you mind adding some noise to this track can i send you this these like synths and can you just distort the hell out of them and then send them back to me um, so that it'll kind of go with the noise track that we're leading into? And so I, I got really into making the song the, the songs more um, almost cohesive. And as it became more cohesive, it became clear that there were all these connections. You'll notice that on the songs that sound more like traditional hallucinogenic bulb tracks, there's one called Error and there's one called Descent, which are they were originally just going to be these tracks that were the live set. And then I asked if I could add some of the talking, some of the text, some of the samples to kind of have it cohesively go from one track to the next. And uh, Bulb was like super down. So I would send stuff back. And uh, most of the time, Bulb was actually just like really cool with it. Every now and then it was like, nope, I liked it before this thing or... uh, no, this thing you added, I don't like. So, uh, but uh, generally speaking, there was a lot of back and forth. And then when I, I actually got it mastered by Burn the Bastard. So uh, our album says Mastered by Burn the Bastard, which is nice. great. It's great. Yeah. Um, but I would actually add that he does like a little, I would add that he does something more than mastering. I would recommend him for anyone who's putting an album together. He does this thing where he, goes through the whole album as part of the mastering process and sends you notes on YouTube. Like you see here, I've brought out the bass, but when I bring out the bass, your vocals are like really pitchy. So you should try doing this. Like uh, just like a a lot of notes that really, really helped bring out elements of, of the project. It was very clear. He understood what I was doing, the mixing that I, that I wanted to do. And so that helped a lot. And I, I think that he was, a really big part of the sound. I mean, all we actually got a t- there's a bunch of artists on on the project. There's like features and and different um different local artists on all of the tracks. I have the J card with the credits list pulled up because I had a feeling we we we'd get to this at some point. It is a ton. So most hallucinogenic bulb projects, like I will do splits with other people where we'll just put a couple tracks that we've made, you know on two sides of a tape or whatever but all of the stuff that i do is all me and i usually do my own artwork 
my own layouts, whatever. I've like worked with people and like, you know, done collaborative spots before, but the entire two panel J card is just filled with friends of ours and people that people that we've worked with. That is uh, another sort of very new territory for me with this album. So did that make your process of putting things together and kind of producing your noise, as it were, did that make the process a little different for you, easier, harder, anything like that? So Descent and Error were literally like two pieces of a set that I played live. The only show that Wormtooth and I have gotten to play together as a part of this project, and I think ever, actually. No, I think we did one. I think we did a show before. I might have featured like in a Yuck Mouth set that you opened. Yeah, that was it. So, uh, but anyway, Descent and Error were originally parts of a set that I I had played at a Wormtooth show. And I was just going to cut them into those two pieces and roll with it because that's usually how I work. But as we kind of got deeper into it, we ended up adding more and more and modifying things. And it was a lot of back and forth with me and Alvaro, which I don't normally do, but we eventually landed on what we uh, may or may not have. I feel like there's also a lot of, uh, hey, can you mess this up? And then he'd send me like eight tracks of like messed (laughs) up things to choose from. And I would end up using a bunch of those. So he ended up on all of the rap songs that didn't have, uh, I think you do noise on every track but Vorpal Blade, but you sing on Vorpal Blade. I do Fat Guy Hardcore Shouts on Vorpal Blade. Yeah, that's right. I am on Vorpal Blade. Yeah. Wow, Dave doing mouth noises too. Good for you. I'm going to step out for like one minute. He's never coming back. uh, Who? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Dave's Uh, not here, man. (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dave's not here, man. Uh, yeah. So we, um, I actually love working with a bunch of people. Like that's like a thing that's really big for me is getting to like warm tube is a solo project, but I don't like working by myself. So I like having mostly a lot of people on them. Breach also had like each track has a bunch of, background vocalist or cello or um and this one we had we lucked out and before we before um quarantine i had recorded a bunch of people for the the project and then we got a bunch of people to send stuff to us like just other artists that we work with and actually uh, fact is, is a track produced by Shagreen. Like it's, it's just the the song that's on her album. She gave me permission to uh, use it. Shagreen is a European artist. Um, I, I just got like obsessed with uh, some of her music. At some point, I found her online. And so, do you think having that many uh, that many people involved in this really helps out the? I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but. Do you think having a lot of features on it helps with the the lore of the project, as it were? Um, possibly to some extent. I think what I do very, like what I like to do and what I do on a project is that I I like to orchestrate what other artists do. I like to encourage Wormtooth is kind of a, uh, I, I like to encourage people to do something 
else on it and then have to use that, what they thought of in the song and use that to build the song that I originally envisioned. And, and it drags it in different directions than I was picturing. And so in that way of always trying to kind of be a perfectionist and add all these things, that is kind of what Dave's Inferno is about, right? It's about perfectionism. And that's what the interview at least touches on to some extent, uh, this person constantly trying to finish this video game. So in that way, yes, like I want to make sure that Twee win the violinist that we brought in for uh, Dave's theme, that like she's a classically trained violinist. She plays for real. Like I want to make sure that her, her stuff is done justice with a sample from a video game, right? <laughs> and like a noise uh that same track has like a noise breakdown and uh you know that that has to be um it it means that you have to up the the quality of the finished product a little more there are more critics on board and everybody kind of gets to do their own uh, as they say in wrestling get their spots in and right to be able to pull all that together into just a a project like this is really, I mean, it's gotta be awesome, right? Well, and yes. And that's the, that's the things like wrestling is such a good, uh, a good example because wrestling often the, the people that are like, what you want to do in wrestling is not make yourself look good. You want to make the other person look good. Yeah. Like you want to make, and like, you want to make everyone at the show look good and the bad guys look bad, but in a, in a way that makes them look like they're succeeding at what they're trying to do, even when they fail or even when. Uh, and so that's like, a, I think that's the, the difficult. That's the most difficult, but most rewarding part of it, I think. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're putting on a show, you're putting out uh, an album that I wish was real. Um, you're, you know, going through this whole adventure of trying to find this uh, apparently not real video game. Sure. Uh, and and you're uh, using everyone else, like everyone kind of has to come in and play their role, but also has to find a way to fit in with everyone else, even without knowing what that really means. Or even knowing what the finished product will be like. That's in it. a lot yeah. of the cases. I mean, there is no product here, but, right. you know, yeah. So that has to be extra difficult. So kudos to everybody involved, I would say. Um, Dave's theme... Uh, didn't have a baseline up until the day before the final masters went out. Oh, I had the Dave's theme stuck in my head and I was like, Oh, I could do like a simple bass riff off of that. That would be like this. And then there's like a little complicated version of it. And I'm not very good at playing the bass. So I, I played it and chopped it up. Right. And, and uh, made the bass for that. But that was like, he had been listening to that out uh, to that track of the, the burn. Uh, when he was mastering it a bunch and then I just sent it to him with bass and I was like oh right and sent it to Dave and I was like I hope this is okay there's bass on the track now um but I think it added a lot to the rest of the song when we got the masters back and I got to listen to them for the first time I we had talked about how like certain things in like our mix could stand to be improved and my literal First bullet point is holy. F there's a baseline in Dave's. Yep. And I wouldn't have thought to do that in a million years, 
but I, I'm glad that Alvaro made that and uh, many other executive decisions on stuff like that, which made it really cool. So he took your noise and added more noise and different noises, and eventually it came out to be this wonderful noise-filled adventure that, unfortunately, none of us get to go on. Right. Well, some of the noise resembles actual music. That's true. Yeah, like three and a half minutes total, probably, right? Maybe. No, I think it's about half, it might I'm be half and half, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking here. Yeah, no, it's closer to half and half, for sure, yeah. Yeah, it, it's half and half, and some of the noise is like has is more rhythmic than like error, which right. is just a wall. I am so happy with how error turned it out. Like it sounds like a wasteland to me. Before it was like really overpowering the whole time, which I liked also. But then uh, Burn had suggested something. I think for a different track, he had been oh for underwater level. He had been like, you might want to do you. You could try doing um. Uh, scooping out some of the the sounds in here to give it more of an underwater feel. And I was like, oh, that's like a great idea. Let me try that on error. And I did a lot of automating, kind of arbitrary automation of things in in that mix. So it kind of sounds the same all the time, but shifts a lot, even though, I don't know. It's a weird one to to listen to the early demos of it sounds so different than it used to. The early demos were very much in line with pretty much anything else on my, on that I've done. It kind of falls in line with that, but with Burns mastering and like the automation and the filters, it works way more nicely as a part of this whole package. An error kind of does sound like you're sifting through I don't know, code lines in the matrix or something, or like sifting through uh, parts of this game that I wish was a thing and trying to find something out of it, trying to find like an ending or a, a next step or something. So great job all the way around, I guess. Thank you. Thank you. Damn, that feels like an ending point, but I know there's more that we can talk about, I'm sure. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I could uh, I could suggest, I, I'll say this, we do a podcast that is uh, set in the same, the Wormtooth universe now. Uh, Dave is actually one of the members of that podcast. Before you do that, have we given like a textbook definition for the, univer- the Wormtooth universe for people playing along at home? I guess we have, I don't know that we have. I don't know that that's a thing that has happened. What is your textbook definition of the... I'm very excited to hear what that is. So the way that one of our friends described it to me, uh-huh. when we had met, when Wormtooth had kind of entered my my radar, uh-huh. was it was sort of like an SCP-esque ARG, I think is the phrase they used. Yes. And a lot of the stuff, I did actually read quite a bit of that when I made the let's do a split joke enough to the point where Alvaro agreed to it. I went and like read a lot of that stuff about like the man in the long coat and other stuff that I'm currently blanking on to try and like paint like a full picture of what that would be and like what a hallucinogenic bulb involvement in that universe would kind of look like. Yeah, for sure. And that doesn't feel like a coherent set of sentences at all i do agree though it's funny to me because one thing that i think that uh this project brought out of Wormtooth that bulb has that i i've always 
envied that Bulb could do is because we both have this real glitchy, let's say, graphic design. Our graphic design is very similar to the point where I have made flyers for a band that we both have made flyers for and like looked at his flyers and been like, wait, when did I do... Like, I think he his flyers <laughs> are, generally speaking, way better than mine, especially with font stuff. He's an actual graphic designer. But, like, a quickly thrown together glitchy Facebook one, I'm often like, wait a minute. This looks like I made, like, uh, so there's, like, this, this thing that we have together. But he is able to be funny with it in canon and out of canon, uh, if, if you will. There's a lot more joking around about hallucinogenic bulb. And uh, it was fun to do that to some extent with Wormtooth as well. Now that it's established, it's a little easier to understand how to make jokes about it so it doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, even that part kind of came naturally, I felt like, for everyone playing along at home. Hallucinogenic Bulb started in 2016. I'm not going to tell the full story here, but the short version is me and a couple of my friends were digital media students at Drexel University. And one of their projects broke in such a way that it just kind of generated a sickening tone on the Mac Pro towers in the computer labs. So I thought it would be funny to go and do that, but intentionally. I never got to that tone, but I got some pretty cool stuff. I'm like, I think I kind of like this. Then I, I took a day, sat down and wrote some software and recorded an album like for real, for real. Threw it up on Bandcamp as a joke, like, haha, look at this stupid <laughs> And it'll be five years in June that I did that. And now here we are. And, like, there are fun things that happen at uh, Bulb shows where when he takes water, people cheer. Like, he <laughs> takes a sip of water during his set at least once, and when he does, it's a thing. Just a dumb <laughs> joke that started at some point and then kind of grew, and now everyone who is in on the joke gets really excited for him to drink water, which is a bizarre thing to do at a show. Well, it's good that people are looking out for you and want you to be hydrated, right? True. Hydration is important. Uh, and mental note, while I'm here, we're also working on like a live stream release party for this album. Some stuff that I have yet to film, uh, I was almost going to not include the drinking of the water. Uh, oh my god. That would have been really tragic if I forgot. You know I would have gotten somehow blamed for that. <laughs> like yeah. I somehow ruined, like Wormtooth ruined what was great about Hallucinogenic Bulb. And it's like, oh, the sound, no, the sound was great. Just like the fact that he didn't drink water. I would have blamed you for that. 100%. Which could have totally been an angle that we ran with. Oh, totally. I'm going to make sure that I have some water to drink when I film those parts. Okay, great. Wow. All right. So I'm glad that this somehow didn't ruin the whole project. Yes. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> and so, so this will be, well, uh, if it existed. Yes. Will be out in May. Is that right? Yes. May, May 14th. May 14th. Oh, three days after my son's due. Perfect. Oh, congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, terrifying. But anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll I mean, I'm sure that 
you know, you have two great things happening to Ben. Your oh son God. and this album. <laughs> that definitely doesn't exist. All right, but you know what? Don't worry about this album because it doesn't exist. So don't don't even but also you've listened to it, I mean like hypothetically, so you you're you've already got you've already got it. I you know, I wish I could say I enjoyed it, but I don't think I actually heard it. What? If it doesn't exist, how could I hear it? No, but hypothetically you heard it. Oh, hypothetically I heard it and I loved it. Yeah. Okay, great, great. Yeah, hypothetically. Um, so I, I did want to say real quick, uh, I was saying this thing about the the, uh, the other podcast. Uh, there is now like a in canon worm tooth world podcast called Season of the Worm uh, that I started, which you can find at on podcast things uh season of the worm uh w-o-r-m it's on spotify we're doing an episode uh based on the game like uh that goes along with the the album uh again none of this is real other than there is the podcast that podcast does exist uh but it, it hypothetically all of this will happen and so uh when the album comes out there's also going to be an episode uh of that which touches on some of the game war and that'll be cool Oh, that's awesome. Can't wait for that. Uh, oh, you mentioned you're doing a music video. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but right. uh, a music video for Hell Yes. Is that right? Yeah, I'm actually uh, mid-shoot uh, for a different video as well for uh, Dave's theme. I just finished a primary edit of Hell Yes, and I uploaded it to Drive and just didn't tell Dave before we started recording because I figured... Dave was not going to be able to listen, uh, watch it anyway. But he does have, uh, he does have that. Now that's not going to be the first single. Dave's theme is going to be the first single, but I think it might be a good one to play on your show, just because I'm real amped about it. Yeah, well, that's that's why I brought it up. I figured it'd be a nice bridge to uh, to take us to break. But which one do you want me to play? Uh, I'd say I'd say hell yes. I mean, hypothetically, if it existed, yes. if I was going to do it, right, I would in the next. 30 seconds or so play hell yes yeah all right uh let me see if i can get this right so it's hallucinogenic bulb yep did i get it yes did i just say that correctly perfectly yeah. Yeah. nailed it and worm tooth uh i'm really bummed out that this album doesn't exist in real life but hopefully uh the podcast gods will smile on us and you will hear a song from this collection the song is hell yes uh, Dave Alvaro, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having us. Thank you. This was so much fun, and friends, enjoy Hell Yes here inside the Melting Pat on the Next Level Network. I ain't never been to heaven, I ain't been to hell yet. Waiting patient on the seven, there's three left in the deck. I bet my credit on the wreck, guess that's money well spent. I ain't been myself checking, you can suck hell yeah. Wanna make amends, they just wanna see it end. They ain't into what I've been through, they got no influence, they just pretend to think, but this is just a intro. I've been go, this ain't for raising a toe. This is for those who are living with ghosts, this is for demons in shape of a crow. This is for me to just leave it alone, leave it alone. These are death rolls, does that rose? This is for fever dream demons who seem to believe they'll catch sleep at my show. Leave it alone, leave it alone, leave it alone, What's the difference? Dressing in rags, searching for curses, I'm searching for rats, burning my trash.
stress. Turning up jack, turns out I'm worthless. That surface is cracked. Put on the mask, push up the cast. Bottle and six, so there's no coming back. Killing the fast, pop up the flash. Feeling myself as I'm dead by the glass. Top of the stack, lost in the draft. Turns you can't tell the picture from back. Take it to mass, give it a task. Give it my health, cause I'm having a blast. Scissors and black, wizard blood pack. Stitch it in ink and the skin on my back. Take that witchcraft, set it on track. Can't get the devil, we're fixed on the past. I ain't never been to heaven, I ain't been to hell yet. Waiting patient on a seven different left. In the deck, I bet my credit on the wreck. Guess that's money well spent. I ain't been myself checking, you can tell hell yeah. Got a needle to thread to keep the demons in check. I speak the beats and preach mean to make a feeble attempt. I keep a cleaver making eager speakers bleed from my head. I got a fever for feeders and me the fingers of sex. I'm believing it again No believer in defeat Could be the sweeter defense Deeper in death However deeper it gets He told the beast You keep thinking me to even the death His conceited demeanor Was never near to his death Now even cheap teeth Can see their evil deed is upset The heathen priest The king preacher Made his meager request To beat the beast To keep the breathing You can tell how death I ain't never been to heaven I ain't been to hell in the deck, I bet my credit on the record Guess that's money well spent I ain't been myself checking You can tell them hell yeah Worm is just a trickster to make the dark pack But part of many claims to have seen it But many of the sightings are later Found to be some Maybe some musician just co-opted the name of a creepy thing That he found online or in a book Something in the two cavaliers called actual demon That's a demon We've all heard of musician making this deal with the good ones at Crossroads. It's not hard to predict. I ain't never been to heaven, I ain't been to hell yet. Waiting patient on a settlement. In the deck, I bet my credit on the record. Guess that's money well spent. I ain't been myself checking. You can tell them hell yes. I ain't never been to heaven, I ain't been to hell yet. Waiting patient on a settlement. And there you have it. I wish it existed because I think it's going to be wonderful. But in any case, uh, my thanks to Wormtooth and Hallucinogenic Bulb. Um, all the information to get their stuff will be in the show notes again, as always. Um, yes, thank you very much for coming. Recording all those separate tracks, or editing rather, all those separate... Like, the good thing about Zoom is that it records us on separate tracks, which gives me a shot to have clean audio from everybody. The bad news, that sh- takes forever to edit <laughs> i'm just saying it that's what happens it's you know the peril of the business i guess i don't know but again thank you gentlemen for coming that was a lot of fun enjoy all the things that they're going to be putting out i think uh dave put out an album recently yesterday two days ago something like that i can't remember now we recorded that conversation about a week ago so all of that has bounced from my brain to make room for something else so i don't know in any case that's it That's all for the show for today. Thank you for joining me. 
All the legal stuff is out of the way. We are good with that. G-Love and Special Sauce with Cold Beverage. They're going to play us out as they always do. Philadelphonic.com for more from them. And that, my friends, is our show. This has been an 8 Boiling production. Until next time, have fun. Be safe. Thank a veteran. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Get vaccinated when you can. And of course, don't do anything I wouldn't do. You've been inside the Melting Pat on the Next Level Network. Go crap open a cold one. Yo. Gotta get a cold beverage, I need some leverage A sweaty ass has a lemon, it will be nice Of a spice from the top to a big cake Got a back row of drinks, but cross Got the bait on the front porch, yeah, I got some ice tea If you like a taste of tea, then come along with me Summertime is steaming, don't give me no bugs Glass some ice and a dash of a mess, martini time Yeah, yeah, feeling cold, and bring your own beverage It's me, so it's cold, I like cold beverage, yeah I like cold beverage, yeah Please fix me a large slice. Summertime is cool, the heat is getting old. Yeah, I have a beverage, space so it's cold. Cold, 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 cold. Need something from the bar? Yeah, I like cold beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah. Uh, Cause I'm feeling kind of bright. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. Stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge, stick it in the fridge. And the friend. Go girl work the cold one. Go girl work the cold one. What? Go girl work the cold one. Go girl work the cold one. Yo, when I'm fishing, let's keep one thing clear. The bait's over there, the brew's right here. Two six packs in a big bag of ice. And you look at the bite, but the brew tastes nice. nice. Back to the ball. So every deck of reason I collide. Need a whole lot of them food drinks to catch me up. But I must tell you, I'm the cool aid kid. My drink, please stick it in the fridge, cause I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. Uh-huh, I'm kinda thirsty. I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. Uh-huh. And scene. We did it. We did it. We made it. Nice. We made it. Hey, Pat. Yeah. Don't include this in the show, but the album is real. Oh my God. Come on. How dare you? Some of the things I said weren't just hypothetical.